Welcome to The Graduate Network, hosted by Maddie Stillman. Today's guest on The Graduate Network is Tom Goodhart, a University of Western Australia graduate of 2019 and now a senior consultant at Ernest & Young in Perth. Tom left Wesley College at the end of 2015 on a high after leaving the school as head boy and dove straight into a Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in Management and Marketing at UWA. So, Tom, fast forward that three and a half years and you ended your student life island hopping through the Adriatic Sea in Croatia and carving up the slopes in Japan before returning to Perth and jumping straight into a graduate role at EY. We're now almost two years down the track and you're still going strong at one of Australia's notorious big four companies, having recently been promoted as a senior consultant. Tom, as one of my best mates, I am stoked to have you on the podcast today and can't wait to unpack all things graduate programs. So without any more introductions for myself, Tom, could you please introduce yourself and give us a 60 second summary of who you are and where you came from? Thank you so much, Maddie, for the introduction and thank you for having me on your podcast. It's very exciting. There's very few people on this planet that I'd rather speak to for 30 minutes than you, so I'm really looking forward to it. In terms of giving a bit of an introduction to myself, I was born born and raised here in South Perth into a family of six kids, so I love spending a lot of time with them. Apart from spending time with them, I'm a big sportsman. I'm into my sports, although in recent times, I've spent a lot of time on the sidelines. I've been injured. And I'm also a keen traveller, as you alluded to in your introduction. But I have to say, I probably wasn't carving up the slopes. I was going down very slowly on the green runs. But yeah, now I'm working as a management consultant at EY and I'm really enjoying it. Awesome. So Tom, I guess we'll jump straight into it. I'm really keen to hear about when you were applying for grad roles, what companies were you considering? And now that you've completed a grad program, do you think grads should optimise for the role or for the company that they're applying for? Well, Matt, it's a really interesting question when you say, you know, who did you apply for? What companies were you looking to apply for? Because I sort of fell into it. So one of my really good friends, he did a vacation program at EY and he really recommended it to me. And and at the time, I didn't know what I was going to be doing with my life. I didn't know I didn't have a clue of what consulting was all about. So when I looked up EY on the website, there were a few things there that really aligned with me and the people advisory services team um, really stood out. And so I ended up applying for the EY vacation program and just by chance, I ended up getting through. And then from there, that's how I ended up getting my grad role at EY because I was offered the job after the four weeks that I had with them there. So it was a bit of a fluke, to be honest, but I'm glad that it's worked out that way. But in terms of what I was looking for, I was looking for an alignment in terms of what my interests were. I was looking for a cultural alignment. So when I had my interview, I couldn't believe how well I got on with the two people interviewing me. I really remember that day quite clearly right now. And then when I was doing my vacation program, I was looking for that cultural fit, not just for making sure that I was the right fit for them, but making sure that, you know, they, that the company was aligned to what I'm after. And and it was there. And I'm happy to say to this day, I feel like that fit has shone through in my 18 months that I've stayed at EY. Yeah, absolutely. I like how you've kind of mentioned how you feel like you fell into it. And I guess like uh, it was, it was lucky you had that friend you had who recommended it but also like a fantastic opportunity that like hopefully more people, more people get that. 
So I guess on that point, you kind of raised about having no idea what consulting was. I think that's something kind of interesting to unpack because I had no idea what consulting was either. And I went down a different path to you and it didn't apply for any consulting roles. But I think in hindsight, I actually probably would have loved it as, as a job. So I think that probably leads me nicely into asking if you can unpack for us, specifically in your graduate role at EY, what did a day-to-day look like? Yeah, so as a graduate at EY, you're sort of, you're thrown into it straight away. So there's the the onboarding period. So you have your first day where there's a bit of a, a welcome to the company introduction and there's some training that you do. So learning how to use a lot of the tools that we use day-to-day. So things like PowerPoint, um, I remember doing a training session on that. And then we have some online learning modules just to understand the company a bit more, understand things like compliance and all those different aspects to working in a place like EY. But then really, as soon as a project comes up that is aligned to your role and the team that you're in, you're thrown into it. And it's not that you're thrown into the deep end at all. You're really well supported by the the senior people that you're working with and they help guide you and sort of walk you through it so you're not adding your depth. And there's a lot of coaching involved with that. So there's a lot of feedback on the fly, I guess, learning through osmosis, watching your your more senior team members go about their business and learning from them. Um, But you're just doing the the client work pretty early on in your time at the company, which I think is exciting because for me personally, I learn better from actually doing things rather than clicking through those online modules. Yeah, huge. How did you find that as, as someone fresh out of university, no professional experience, working with clients straight away, obviously, that's what the job's going to be, but I guess that could be quite intimidating to some fresh graduates. Give us your key learning from working with clients and maybe the best part about being thrown into that experience so early on. Yeah, it is pretty interesting. I mean, you're working for some some clients that you've heard about just through your travels and and you, you don't want to do wrong by them. You want to be helping them out as much as you can. And, and as a consultant, that's what you want to do. You want to be helping your clients to to get the most out of, you know, the professional relationship there. And I think that's what you've got to think in those situations. You're there to help the client. You're almost working with them side by side. So you, you shouldn't be nervous. You're, you're there to add value. And also as a, as a young person, as a, a new person in these sorts of companies, you're, you've got the, the channels there for support. You've got your more senior people that you can turn to if you need assistance. There's online, um, there's these databases with all different examples of, project work that you can draw upon and learn from and so you know there's so many different people and channels you can call upon and you're not ever thrown into the deep end. Yeah awesome so I guess Tom like you've kind of alluded to it um, and it's probably really important for grads to understand but uh, being that real junior person in the room and being surrounded by your seniors who as you've mentioned have given you fantastic feedback and coaching how did you navigate that relationship, feeling like the most junior and inexperienced person in the room, yet being around clients, so having to put on that professional element, maybe not wanting to step on the toes of your bosses, but also wanting to pave a path yourself? Can you talk a little bit to that about maybe your experience between being a junior and a senior, but also equally being professional in the eyes of the client? Yeah, that's a really good point, Maddie. That's something that I probably struggled with early days because something that I don't want to do is disappoint anyone. I wouldn't want to say the wrong thing. I definitely wouldn't want to step on any toes. So it was a careful one to navigate. And I guess you wouldn't want to come across as being nervous or timid in those sorts of professional situations. 
But I guess you've just got to back yourself in. You've, you've learned all of these different things throughout uni. You've learned it throughout your training. You're slowly learning it on the job. And I think it's just about taking it one step at a time. So, you know, you might lead your first part of a, a project call and then you might lead the whole call and then you might go and lead more parts of the project in itself. And so it's just about taking it step by step and having those conversations with a more senior person so you do feel comfortable and you're given those opportunities to grow. Because if you're not taking those opportunities, if you're not speaking up, you're probably not going to develop as quickly. And with these sorts of jobs, you, you do want to be stepping up and, and trying to contribute as much as you can. Absolutely. I, I love that answer. That is um like, yeah, really inspiring. Definitely something I struggled with was was speaking up and proving proving my worth. Um, and I think it's, yeah, I think as a graduate, sometimes you feel a little bit labeled as the grad. And when people know that you're the grad, you feel constrained by a box. So really like points you raised there, Tom. Now on, on a slightly different note, we've um we've spoken before and you've kind of mentioned in EY and specifically within management consulting, how as a management consultant, you can take the path to become a master of a project type, or you can choose to become a master of a type of role. So can you explain a little bit what you mean by this and shed some light perhaps on the path that you plan on taking and why that is? Yeah, so it's pretty interesting within consulting. There's, a, I guess, a few different directions that you can take. So you might become the master of a specific offering. So within people consulting, which I'm in, you might be um, an expert within change management or you might focus on leadership and culture. And so there's different directions you can take in, in that line. Or you could become a sector-specific sort of operator. So you might focus on mining and metals or you might focus on education. And so as a new starter at the company and still finding my way or navigating through my career, I'm still working out what sort of areas I'm most interested in. So I haven't really tried everything. I'm still working it out. And the advice that I was given was to to give everything a crack whilst you're you're a new starter and sort of work out which direction you want to take. But there's no rush with that. And I think once you have that breadth of knowledge, you can go from there and really hone in on what it is that you want to be the master of later on in your career. Yeah, beauty. Great, great summary of the two kind of options open to people who might go down this management consultant path. So on that vein and kind of to take a step back, maybe as a bit of a high-level summary, in your experience, Tom, what is a management consultant and what type of person would enjoy this job and what do you think are the strengths that someone would need to possess to do well in this role? Yeah, so I remember when I first applied for the vacation program role, I had no idea what being a management consultant actually meant. And so for those that are looking to apply for those sorts of roles, hopefully I can sort of shed some light on what it's all about. But for me, I think being a management consultant is helping your clients to deliver better outcomes. So for me, as a people consultant, it's about making sure that the clients have the right people doing the right work in the right place at the right time, at the right cost. And so there's a lot of different elements to do with that. So it could be, you know, the leadership and culture that I mentioned before, it could be change management, it could be helping the HR systems work properly. And so it's essentially as a consultant, you're helping clients solve their problems. So you, you might do a current state assessment, work out where things are at. You might do a future state assessment of work out where you want to go. And then you sort of help them along the journey of filling that gap. And for me, what I find most interesting about being a, a management consultant is that no project is the same. You, you're going to be doing a lot of work for different clients. And I guess you're going to have to be a bit 
willing to be flexible and, and learning new things, be a bit of a problem solver and learn on the go because you're not going to be set in doing the same thing all the time. It's really adaptive. It's adaptive to the, the working world itself and the world's ever evolving. So you kept on your toes, but what I like about it is it's very, it's always very interesting. You're not stagnant. You're not doing the same thing all the time. So it's, it's probably aligned to those sorts of people who are, um, you know, wanting to try different things on a more regular basis. Huge. So yeah, sounds like a really, um, really exciting kind of space to be in, in that role in terms of it being ever evolving, as you say, jumping into different projects, having to learn quickly on the job and use your problem solving skills. So I guess a question that springs to mind, Tom, is could you potentially just rattle off a couple of backgrounds or degrees that other graduate consultants had around you so that listeners can get a bit of an idea if if a degree that they're doing would lend itself well to this kind of a role? Look, Maddie, to be honest, I think it's pretty varied. I mean, obviously there are a few people who've done business degrees, so, you know, finance and and you know, management like I did. But to be honest, it was quite varied. So there's some people that are that I'm working with that studied architecture. There's some people who did music undergrads. There's someone who was working in a winery before joining EY. There's a real um, mix of people from all walks of life that are working there. And I think that's the beauty of it. It's, it's not necessarily about what you've studied. It's about your application to be a problem solver. It's about your willingness to, to look at things from a high level and, and it's sort of go on the journey with the client. So to be honest, Matty, I don't think it's about a specific degree as such. It's more about your, your personality and your own attributes that you bring to the role. Yeah, I love that perspective. I think what I've kind of understood from what you've just said, it's really about the skills and the type of person. I think at university, you can learn a whole bunch of stuff about the degree you're doing, but it's more the skill of being able to pick up content quickly and run with it and develop that problem solving muscle. So really, really inspiring uh, to know that, for example, someone like me could have actually ended up in a position that you're in. So we're going we're gonna to shift gear slightly, Tom, because I'm really keen to dive into this element of, of today's kind of interview. And it's a theme I've noticed like from the beginning of today in that you've, from the get-go, you kind of mentioned how you really felt like you connected well with the people who interviewed you for the grad role at EY. You felt like it was a cultural fit for you, like your values were aligned to the type of role and company that you were jumping into. So I think it's quite clear that you have a passion for people and culture and, and and from previous discussions we've had, it's kind of clear to me that you've taken initiative yourself to promote culture within the graduate group at EY. So kind of taking small steps that you can in this, in this passion you clearly have. So can you talk to the importance of the culture of an organisation for both yourself and for incoming graduates? And tell us some of the small things an organisation can do that can make it a great place to work. Yeah, Maddie, culture is something that I find really interesting and obviously I find it important as I've uh, talked about it as a reason as to why I joined the company. And it's something that I've probably focused on in recent times, given that I started working in quite an unsettled time. So I started my new role and then three weeks later, everyone was working from home due to coronavirus. And it's been really interesting to see how different companies have responded to the fact that a lot of their workforce have been working remotely, a lot of their workforce have been working in quarantines or working in lockdowns. And what I find interesting is how companies go about keeping that employee value proposition in in the right way. So 
for me as a, as a graduate, it's about what goes on when the lights are off. It's those small things that leaders do or your colleagues do to let you know that you feel supported and that you're valued within the company. So I could give you a few really minor examples of what I mean by that. So uh, I spoke at the start um, of how in recent times I've been injured a lot playing sport. And so at the moment I'm in a splint and working from home with, with crutches by my side. And just as an example, my boss brought me a coffee and a croissant because I missed the team brekkie and was just checking up on me regularly. My whole team sent me messages just to, to touch base. And it's those small things that your team members can do that really make you feel valued. And that's just one, one example. But it's also the fact that a lot of my team members are, are really willing to sit down with me and, and teach me the, you know, the different stuff that we're going through. It's not about just them doing their job, them trying to build the team as a whole. And I think that's something that you should be looking for as a, as a uni student. You want to be joining a company where you can be on that learning journey and have people support you early on in your career. You don't want to feel like you're in the deep end all the time. So, Matty, yeah, culture is something that's so important within companies. It, it, it allows you to feel embedded. It allows you to feel safe. Absolutely love that, Tom. Uh, I can just like see see you light up talking about this topic. And something you kind of you kind of mentioned. I love I love how you situated that in the context of COVID and working from home. I think graduates who have joined um, the workforce in the past two years, it's been an interesting introduction to work. But I think it's also the future of where work's going. Right. So we're we're easily the leaders in understanding um, how to get used to that. So something you mentioned was the employee value proposition. I've actually been reading about this recently. I find it really interesting to consider kind of the whole package of what you're signing up for as a job. I think maybe this is something that would be really well worth highlighting to graduates is that don't just look at the pay and maybe the location of the office. There's so much more that is involved in it from, from a real pay and salary perspective. It's your pay, it's your leave, it's your ability to work flexible hours if necessary, your ability to work from home. And then there's kind of a whole bunch of not necessarily tangible things, but that includes like culture of the team, size of the team, the the likelihood of having social events within within your team rather than always working. So suppose maybe now with your two years of experience, what would you say is your difference between what you saw as an as an EVP when you were starting out and maybe now what you value more that you didn't even know was a part of the EVP when you started? Yeah, so I, I guess when I was applying for EY, I was looking for, as I said, that cultural fit. I was looking to see that I, I got on with the people that I was interviewing with when I did the vacation program. I was looking to see that I had that you know, the support that I was mentioning earlier. And I think thinking of EVP now, that's probably the most important factor that I can think of. And I think specifically it's all about the people. So uh, when I reflect on me as a a person, I am really drawn towards mentors. I've had some incredible mentors in my life throughout my schooling, throughout my part-time jobs at uni, even throughout my studies. There were people that I've really looked up to and I've been able to go to them for advice. And what I've got now within my job is there's people who I, I'm inspired by and I can go to them and ask them different questions. I can go to them to talk about, you know, what sort of career journey I want to go on. And I think that's really important. It's the people. You want to have people that inspire you working by your side because if you do have that, you're not just going to be set in your own ways. You're going to be moving towards the direction of these people that you're inspired to be like. So I think I think the people, Maddie, that's what it comes down to for me for EVP. 
I love that, Tom. That is such a such a fantastic thing about a job so important as a grad. And it's kind of something you can almost test for in an interview. And I feel like for grads, when you get asked that question at the end of an interview, oh, do you have any questions for us? Don't say no. Ask them, what do you do? Like, what are the team social events? How do you build a culture within a team? They're actually tangible things that it would be really clear um, as an employer answers that if they have that or not, because they can't fake it. They can't fake how often Friday night drinks happen. But if they have a great culture, people probably want to spend their time with each other on a Friday night. So yeah, absolutely love that. I think I would also just really like still on this people and culture topic. I just want to ask you one more question, which is, I think as a university student, perhaps people don't even realize that people and culture is a job or is a role. I think and maybe not even uni students, maybe this is across a number of professions that actually don't realise that culture doesn't just happen. There are people behind the scenes implementing strategies, social events, ways of working, flexible work arrangements that all add up to a great culture. And I think it seems like potentially a vague concept So as a result, I don't know if uni students are necessarily drawn towards working people and culture if you compare it to something like law or engineering that is a a clear career path. So I'm kind of just explaining this because this is a realisation I've personally had in that I think I really want to work in this space, but I probably only realised two months ago that that's actually a job. So I just want to hear maybe your thoughts on that and also potentially advice you would give yourself back when you were a fresh uni grad, if you realise your values are aligned to people and your skills are about bringing people together, how could you maximise those skills in a grad role, whatever the role may be, to then potentially leverage into a people and culture role later on? Yeah, Maddie, there's so much to unpack in what you've just said and that question. And for me, the people and culture is something that I've always been drawn towards. And I remember when I was applying for, for my role for that vacation program role, I remember reflecting on my part-time job as a hockey coach and how I was trying to find ways to inspire the, the young year nines that I was coaching to, to reach new heights. And whether that was with, you know, different training drills or pre-game speeches or whatever, there was a lot involved with trying to find the right culture. And I think it's something that I'm really starting to understand is an important part of businesses. It's something that we focus on in people consulting. You know, you can do cultural fitness diagnostics and look at, you know, what people within a company actually think is going on. And so it's, it's not something that companies are overlooking. It's definitely something that's a focus right now because particularly right now with people working remotely, working from all over the world, you want to have a strong culture so that people are drawn towards your business and you have that thing that makes you stand out as a company. And so, Maddie, if there's people listening to this this podcast that are interested in people and culture, there are different roles out there for you. And, and I, I urge you to go and speak to people on LinkedIn who have roles that you're aligned to because they're out there and they're very important. And I think there's, there's pathways for you to follow. That is such an awesome summary, Tom. Uh, absolutely love those thoughts. And yeah, I, I've, I've loved I've loved kind of unpacking this side of people and culture with you because I think, at least in my experience, to determine if you would do well in that kind of role, you've got to reflect on who you are as a person. If you're a people person, you get energy out of talking to people. You get a kick out of seeing an event you've organised pay off. And that could be entirely in your social life. Why can you not bring those skills and that love of, 
of enabling people into your work life. So definitely a really awesome conversation to have um, and probably to bring it to the attention of grads um, and uni students that that actually is a career you can go into. So not to downplay those skills um, that you might naturally have. So Tom, I've kind of just got like another, just a quick question before we sort of wrap up, which is I kind of just want to understand maybe a little bit of a logistical question about how you found the recruitment process to get into EY. And you have mentioned earlier how you did the VAC program and how that kind of helped you get this position. Talk talk to it um, about whether grads should be looking to get VAC programs, if that's going to give them a foot in the door, or if they were to be applying externally, maybe things they should be pushing in an application or any advice you have. Yeah, so, so firstly, I would really recommend applying for those vacation programs because, as I mentioned earlier, they're a great opportunity to see if there's that fit and so you can actually understand what sort of company you'd be join, joining if you do to go on to accept a grand role. But I think in terms of explaining my journey, it was a um, application online, so putting in my CV and answering a few questions. Then it was um, progressing to the next stage, which was an in-person case study. So you do a, gr- a group exercise and you do a bit of a, a presentation and then there's an interview that you do. And then from there, you get offered your vacation role. And then if you, you know, things work out there, you can get your grad program role. And so in terms of reflections on that and what sort of advice I give to anyone that's applying, I think what's important is just having different experiences that you can draw upon both in your interviews and in those group case study activities. because that's what's going to help you stand out. So whether it's being able to call upon your part-time job working in a cafe or part-time job working at your old school or if it's your sporting experiences, if you've got all of these different activities that have happened in your life, different times where you've messed up, different times where maybe you've, you've thrived in a situation where you probably weren't meant to, if you can draw upon those experiences in an interview and, and say what you learned and what sort of processes you applied, I think you're going to really stand out and that's what people are looking for. They're looking for people who who can apply themselves in all these different worldly experiences. So that's my, my major tip there for anyone that's applying for these sorts of roles. Yeah, huge. Absolutely love that and really back that advice. I think um, if I could personally highlight to anyone listening is that it doesn't matter if your experience is not in the same industry as the job you're going for. In my experience, recruiters are looking for the way you think and the way you operate because you can apply that to any situation and any set of information. It doesn't matter if you've never worked in that industry before. So if you don't want to just get a degree out of uni, focus on that co-curricular stuff, which could be yeah through uni groups, through volunteering, through part-time jobs, even just through how you are as a person. Like you can't, I guess you can't underestimate that experience um, and what you bring to the table in that sense. So, Tom, wow, huge. This has been such a great opportunity to talk through these things with you. Um, I've loved kind of what you've brought to the table in terms of the people and culture element of this role, really understanding how your experiences in a whole bunch of different areas have kind of brought you to the position you're in and a really good kind of understanding of the different backgrounds and the different skills you might you might need or bring to a role in consulting or specifically management consulting. It has been so fantastic to unpack this stuff today. And uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for coming on the podcast. And just before we wrap up, I would love if there's any way that people could get in touch with you, uh, if they had any questions or wanted to follow up on any of this, what's the best way to get in touch with Tom Goodhart? Uh, probably, yeah, uh, add me on LinkedIn. I'm more than happy to 
respond to any messages there and we can go from there. Uh, but Maddie, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the podcast. As I said at the start, I love speaking to you and hopefully some people have taken at least one thing from this conversation. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to the, the other podcasts that are to come. Woohoo! Thanks so much. Well, that's a wrap on today's podcast. Thanks for listening and get in touch with me if you have any other unanswered questions. 